Hello, everyone. It is 7 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States and 9 p.m. on the East Coast of Australia. I am Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in. Welcome to the live episode of A Yank on the Footy for the 17th of August. It is August already. Wow. Of 2021. And uh, so you have a couple people who have hopped on right at the outset here. Glad to have you guys on here, Chris and uh, Harper. Absolutely great to have you here. Uh, we've got a lot to, uh, to talk about today. It's been a a, a busy week and uh, we're coming up on the final, final uh, weekend of the um, 2021 fixture, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend. And you know, I have to say, it 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 really kind of you know, well while, while we're excited about finals, and uh, you know, we got some new clubs that are very likely to be playing finals, and some old clubs that are likely to not be playing finals this year. You know, I think deep down, it 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 does seem like the uh, the fixture went extraordinarily quickly this year. I mean, we're already at round 23, and uh, we're going to have a lot more um, footy coming up here, but it just seems like it blew by. And, you know, we're I, while we need to embrace and relish and, and be thrilled about having the, uh, the final round here with some absolutely meaningful games being played, uh, which we'll get into a little bit today and we'll definitely do... Uh, with the uh, the tips episode coming out in a couple of days, it's uh it's going to be an exciting finals round coming up here because you have to wonder where this is going to go because unless something miraculous happens, which we'll talk about here shortly, we're definitely going to have a new premiere this year because. The uh, the Tigers have a minuscule chance of of playing finals, and I don't think that's going to likely be happening this year. So, now before I dive into the episode, I do want to uh, announce the the team of the round, and that is the Mount Gravit Vultures, and they began playing back in 1964, and they're a Brisbane based uh, club that competes in the QAFL. And you've had players like uh, Braden Pruce and Archie Smith, uh, Wiley Buzza are all Vulture alums. And they've got 14 teams playing between the ages of 8 and 17, along with three senior men's and two senior women's clubs. Now, they've not been playing since the end of July. Yeah, it was July uh, due to COVID, but hopefully they're going to be able to get back out and finish up the uh, the remainder of their fixture. Uh, I'll put a link to the show notes. I just thought that's kind of a unique uh, name. I've not seen Vultures show up anywhere uh, else in any of the clubs that I've looked at there. But it's been a uh, it's been a crazy week for me. I'm going back to uh, to work officially next uh, Monday. Uh, it's my first day that I have to be back doing school related activities. For those of you that don't know, I've I've been a school teacher now. Uh, this will be my 28th year of teaching, and you know we have summers off here, um, and our students come back to class a week from this Thursday, and they're going to be, you know, unless something happens that we don't know that's going to be going on. They'll be back in the classroom, uh, you know, five days a week beginning next Thursday. So we've got three days worth of teacher meetings and things of that nature beforehand. So we're getting ready to 
to gear back up. And that's why I, as much as I hate to, to say this, this is very likely going to be, well, it will be the last live episode that I'll be doing in this time slot for the foreseeable future, because right now it's 7am right now. I'll be at school at this point in time, this time next week. So if I'm going to be doing any live episodes during the, uh, the next couple of months, it'll have to be in the morning Melbourne time. So I'm, it's just unfortunately the way that it works out because of my, my job. Uh, I do also work as a public address announcer later on, uh, in the evenings after school through the end of October. So I don't always know what days those are going to be on. So I'll still be doing the interviews or I'll be doing a standalone episode. Uh, but the live ones I may have to put on the, the side burner for a little while here. I absolutely love doing them. It's great interacting with folks on here. And, uh, Unfortunately, with my time commitments, the 7 a.m. ones will not work out during the uh, the course of the the day. Now, before we uh, we dive into the the episode, and I and I wanted to get into a couple things. I did want to uh, did want to pass along something that I did catch in the news this week. I did want to say, uh, you know, pay a little tribute, uh, uh, you know, a to Helen Lambert, uh, who was somebody who was very much involved in getting women's footy off the ground back in the early 1980s uh where she helped to form the uh, the Victorian Women's Football League and she is actually half of the namesake that is applied to the best and fairest medal that's given out in the VFLW today the Lambert Pierce medal and of course I think you can probably guess who the other name is there of course you know Daisy Pierce uh she passed away a few days ago so this is somebody who helped to really be a trailblazer to set the foundation for women's footy as we see it today. And, you know, it's, I wanted to make sure I mentioned her because, you know, we're at a point in time where they've, you know, they've officially announced that the, uh, the other four clubs of the uh, AFLW are going to be coming in. Uh, I believe Essendon, Port Adelaide, Sydney, and Hawthorne being the four clubs that are going to be coming in beginning next year or the year after. I don't know if they're all four going to come in at the same time. They may make, they may make Jeff Kennett re- arm wrestle with somebody in order to get his, um, his club in. And that, that could be some good, uh, good pay-per-view right there. So, you know, we've got uh, a lot of delistings and retirements that have come in already. And, and, Maybe I just hadn't noticed it before for somebody who's been following the game for as, as short a period of time as I have. Uh, but, you know, seeing, you know, the, the the large number of players who have already announced that they're stepping away, uh, some of them doing it on their own terms. You know, players like, you know, Eddie Betts, Mark Murphy, and I guess you could argue that uh, Murphy's doing it on, on his own terms. Um he just hadn't been getting a game here lately, so maybe the, the handwriting was on the wall there for him. But then you you got uh, you know play, players like you know Kale Hooker who announced, I believe, just yesterday that he's stepping aside from Essendon after almost 220 games. You know Sean Burgoyne, who's just like the here in the states we have a a battery company. I don't know if they have ever ready ever ready batteries there, but uh, we have the. Uh, television commercials with what's called the like the little ever ever ready bunny that the batteries just keep running and running and running and you put it in the little electronic device and it just keeps right on going 
Well, it's kind of been Sean Burgoyne's career. 405 games, four premierships, and there was about a decade in between the two of them. Um, yeah, so it would be, uh, it'd be, you know, it, you definitely have to tip your cap to somebody like that. Um, so, you know, we, uh, you've of course got, you know, the legendary Eddie Betts, who, as I've, I've mentioned, uh, in a couple of spots, you know, he, he is kind of the, the reason why I use the, the tagline at the end of all of my episodes, the mayor dribble kick never hit the post. That's something that came from watching him, you know, kick the ball from down in the pocket the way that he did during the first couple of years that I was watching the game. It's just been, it's been an absolute pleasure watching, you know, Eddie Betts. Uh, and I'm going to get into him in, in you know, just a little bit, you know, but here I want to, you know, cover a couple of the other names here that I, that have all announced at least as to when I, uh, um, put my notes together last evening, you know, you've got David Asbury from Richmond who, when you go back and look at his, uh, his career statistics, this is a, this is a gentleman who basically lost about three or four seasons to injury or not getting an opportunity to get selected in the side, you know, who didn't play a lot of games, but still, you know, during the course of, you know, the, the 12 years that he was there, he only, he managed 154 games but he's got three premierships out of out of it as well. So it's a you know this is a this is a, a guy who has you know given everything you know to the Richmond Tigers and uh he's stepping away. You know you've got like I said you've got a number of players who are being told right now they're they're not going to be offered contact or contracts for next year and uh it remains to be seen what uh what happens with other players as we go forward. That's kind of what be what makes the coming weeks so interesting besides finals is who's coming and going. And I was listening to the lace out podcast this morning. They were doing their live episode uh, beginning at uh, six o'clock my time. So I was listening to them as I was finishing up some preparation work and they were, t- they were joking about some of the older players who are obviously going to be heading to Geelong next, because unless you're over 30, they don't look at uh, adding any players. Now I know Harper said he wanted to hop on. I did send him a link, so I'll get him on here in a second. Um, but you know, it, it's 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 a sad day in my opinion that that Eddie Betts is stepping away from the game as a player because he has been you know in the, in the 5 plus years that I've been watching the game he certainly has the appearance of a uh of a gentleman who seems to love the game or at least demonstrates a love for the game more so than just about anybody else out on the ground. Now I could be wrong about that but just you know his his passion, his excitement, his interaction with the fans is absolutely tremendous. It 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 had been fun to watch, but I but I think that some of his important work that he's going to do is going to come now that he's going to be retired. You know, he has uh, he spoke during his uh, press conference yesterday about, uh, and I pulled up a couple quotes from uh, Daniel Turney's uh, article from the Age from the from today. Uh, where he said that uh, Betts was saying on Tuesday that his proudest moment um, was, of course, his five kids plus his activism, um, talking about Adam Goods and uh, you know his struggle against racism in Sydney. And as he said, he gave me the, the that voice and that strength to stand up and talk about and believe in myself and and have 
the strength and courage to stamp out racism here in Australia. Now, again, this is this. Please don't take this as though I'm I'm an American lecturing Australia. That's that's not it at all. We we certainly have our our issues here in the United States. So this I'm simply quoting what Mr. Betts is saying here. This is not me trying to be you know to denigrate Australia or anything of that nature. Now I'm just I'm simply you know stating what he was saying here. Um, but he said he he acknowledged the landscape for Indigenous players remains treacherous, especially after you know the recent actions of his former teammate. You know, with with Taylor Walker there, and and he went on to say, and and I don't know if you happen to catch the whole press conference. He said, "I don't feel it's safe at the moment. I honestly don't, uh, in terms of of uh, Indigenous players. I feel like there's still lots of racism. This in this year, there's been a lot of racism. It's been draining. It's been tiring. Every year, we see myself and the other Aboriginal boys standing up, and this is again quoting him." Uh, trying to call out and make a stance. So you know, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what what uh, he does going forward with regards to the uh, the playing of, of the game. Um, in, or I, should, I should say in terms, not the playing of the game, but in terms of uh, his involvement in trying to normalize relations to, to try to bring about maybe um, – discussions about racism and, and again while you can certainly attempt to change minds of people um you know we all have our you know we all bring prejudices and biases to things and and, and unfortunately people bring that to um how they treat other people simply by their appearance and that's that's rather unfortunate uh it's rather tragic that that that, that sort of thing um that that sort of thing occurs. So it's, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does going into the future, because I think he's, he's going to be a, a great advocate for the game for younger players. And again, you know, in many instances, a lot of these, you know, these, these young players who are, um, you know, coming into the game are playing in communities that they're not from, and it makes that transition maybe even more difficult for them. Now, Harper, I did send you a link. I don't know if that went through. You, you popped up on the screen there for just a second, and uh, then it disappeared there. So uh, if you want to pop that up on there again, I'll go ahead and get you get you on here real quickly. There we go. All right. Should have you on there now. The invite sent. You are on live. Welcome to the gentleman who's been the busiest podcaster in australia over the last uh, month uh have you taken a nap yet uh yes i, I have enjoyed sleep uh post olympics getting more than two and a half hours on a night or whatever <laughs> i was getting it's, it's good fun it's good fun um yeah it's good so how you been man you're, you're... Yeah, been all right um Something I wanted to talk about. Uh, you mentioned in passing the retirement of Kale Hooker when uh-huh. you were um, kind of reeling off the retirements there. And I think, uh, obviously, a bit of a biased opinion here, but I, I think he has had one of the most underappreciated careers, uh, not only for Essendon players, but just for footy players over the last 10 or 15 years, really. So the, this guy, he, he played over 200 games. He's an all Australian. Um, all Australian in the back line, moved uh, to become a forward in the last few years, kicked some 
really, really crucial goals in numerous games for the Bombers. There was one against JWS a couple of years ago, another one against Hawthorne uh, in 2015, I think. And I think he kicked 33 goals uh, in 18 games this year, and he was basically crippled. He, he could hardly move. He was so injured every game, but he still managed to kick 30-plus goals. Uh, he, he's had an amazing career, and he, like he, the loyalty he's had to the club, he could easily get picked up by another team, I reckon, by a Gold Coast or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, through the kind of tough times of the drug saga, um, it was rumoured that lots of the players, including him, wanted to leave to other clubs uh, because, I mean, <laughs> fair enough, really. You, you've had your heart ripped out by Essendon and... Uh, yeah, it's understandable if you want to leave. He he's from Perth, so understandable if he wants to go go back to Perth. But he's stuck around, and he's an absolute champion of Essendon. That is a uh, that's you know I'm I'm looking at his stats. I pulled him up on Footy Wire here. Yeah, you know, he has had a you know he's you, you can you can see where the transition took place in 2014 to 2015 in terms of his and where he played because you know he went from. You know, not having kicked a goal in 2014 to 21, then 41, then 13, and then he and and correct me on this because I don't, I honestly I don't know. Did he go back to playing defense in 2019 because he only kicked yeah. four goals that year? Well, I think in uh, 20 maybe 2017 he was playing as a full time forward. Uh-huh. This year he's played as a full time forward until he got dropped a few weeks ago. Uh, but all the years other than that, from about 2015, uh, he was kind of rotating between the back line, the forward line. He was, okay. if we really needed a goal at the end of the game or something, he was thrown forward. Okay, cool. I mean, it's, it's a, that is definitely a, uh, a really good uh, tribute to somebody who has, you know, you know, let's be honest, you know, you and I, <coughs> excuse me, having, having spoken, you know, as often as we have, I mean, this is, this is a guy who has been, who has been there through, you know, half of your lifetime. Of, of following yeah. the game, you know, ever, yeah. as you were joking about ever since you were, uh, you know, playing with your toy train, sitting in the stands, watching a game, uh, as you yeah. alluded to recently. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now that was, yeah. that was, that was when he was a, a small child. That wasn't like a couple of weeks ago. So don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong on that. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I mean, I, I'd take play with toy trains if it meant I could be in a game, even this year. I, I would, oh, I would, die to be at a game yeah, right now. Yeah. It's very depressing. What's going on? Uh, the finals. What do you think about the finals? We're talking about that. Uh, looks like they're going to be moved to Perth. Hey, well, I've been, I've been hearing that, uh, you know, and you know, all it takes is, uh, all it takes is the, is the, the premier, was it is his name? McCowan or McEwen from West uh, Australia. Mark, yeah. Mark McGowan. I think it, yeah. it, all it takes is a, uh, is he, you know is him saying okay we've had a couple of cases here we're going to shut things down here then what do they do yeah i guess they just play it behind closed doors there um, yeah i mean it's uh, if, if they're if, already in there yeah yeah i mean it's uh yeah i, I don't know i mean it's it's it is a uh, it is definitely a, a uh, an interesting proposition there uh, i think it'd be a great location for it yeah, I, and I think it would be really unique because it's it's looking more and more like the the fact that neither of the Perth clubs are um, 
going to be there. You know, I mean, there there's a small chance for for West Coast, and there's a small chance still for for Fremantle as well. But you know, it's it's looking like your your group. You know, if you guys win, you're playing finals. And uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about this round. I don't want to put the moz on it no, or anything. Uh, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely understand that. I'm I'm looking at. I'm looking at who they are playing, and uh, you know, I would I would say that there's a. Well, I know you don't want to say anything. I don't want to jinx anything, but uh, they're playing the Magpies this week, and and we shall see what happens. And, uh, because and I'm not I'm not saying this means we're going to win the game, but they don't have Brody Majerchek. He's an important player, so maybe yeah. that tips it even more in our favor. I don't know. I'm not going to make a prediction. I'm not going to do anything like that. But jeez, oh, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous, Craig. But it's it's a it's a good nervous though. You're, and it's and you know they've set you up that uh, you guys will have a bit of an idea of what's happening at the uh, at the end there because you know you're the second to last game being played in the round, and the game after that mm. is. Uh, is is Adelaide North Melbourne, which you know doesn't really yeah. have much of an impact on the on the ladder at all. Um, yeah, so, so we're playing. That's the fourth week in a row. I think we're playing at that three twenty Sunday time slot. And uh, someone in the chat there just said Essendon lose and they were finished eighth. I think uh, whoever that is is it Chris? I don't. I'm not sure who it is to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, but if Fremantle or West Coast, just one of them win and we lose, we're out. So. Uh, if we lose and Fremantle beats, uh, Freo is playing. playing Fremantle is uh, playing St Kilda. St Kilda and West Coast playing Brisbane. Yeah. So if one of those two teams wins that game, and we lose, or Richmond win by like 170 points or something, and we lose, we're out. Uh, but on the other hand, if they both lose their games and we also lose, we're in. So, but winning guarantees it. And right, right. That that. Yeah. And you know, it, it's something I was going to bring up a little bit later on the, in the in the show, and I can certainly toss it in here now that you're on here. D- yeah, and does anybody does anybody really want to play Port Adelaide or Brisbane right now? The way that those two clubs are playing, I mean, it's oh, I mean, there. Well, yeah, you, you could say that, but I think all of the teams in the finals. They have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. We've seen all throughout the season that um, teams teams hardly go on a run of games uh, either good form or bad form for more than like four weeks right, right. throughout the whole season, any team, really. So it flips so quickly. So maybe Port and Brisbane could surprisingly lose uh, this weekend and the tables completely turn and maybe we see Sydney and Melbourne uh, premiership favourites. I don't know about Sydney, but Geelong and Melbourne, or oh, they're playing each other, aren't they? But yeah. I think it's re- it's so tight. Even though, um, especially with that top six, there's a bit of a gap down to seventh and eighth. But with that top six, it is so tight. I really think any one of those teams could really challenge. And if GWS or if the seventh and eighth teams uh get their kind of game going, that mm-hmm. they could really threaten some opposition as well. No, I, I think you're absolutely right there. It's been, uh, yeah, I'm, I I just was going through the little uh, 
that little squiggle predictor website uh, here just as you were talking there and uh, just fiddling around with that to see where things would shake out. And, and you know, I think the Bombers are, are in good shape. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, the Eagles, they're going to be without Tim Kelly. Uh, Brisbane certainly has something to play for this week because – and that I believe they're playing at the Gabba as well. So, you know, West Coast has to has to fly across country, you know, having, you know, played, you know, having lost the, the Derby against Fremantle and lost an opportunity to, to, to have a solid shot at the finals against a club that has a hell of an incentive to go out and, quite frankly, kick their butt because Brisbane could still pop up into the four, into the top mm. four, even, even if uh, the Bulldogs beat Port Adelaide this week, Brisbane can still pop up into the four if if they score enough points because the uh, the point differential right now is only I believe uh, the percentage is only like a one point eight percent difference. So it's not it's not insurmountable at all. So if Brisbane goes out and you know you know were to have a, a game similar to what Geelong did to, to the Eagles a while back and beat them by ninety plus points, and that's happened twice to West Coast this year. Yeah, you know, Brisbane could be in a top four position there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll just pick you up on something. There's been 23 rounds of the season, mate, with games moving all over the place. You really shouldn't be locking the game into the Gabba. It could be anywhere. It could be. Well, in- that's true. But as of right now, that's where it's scheduled to be. That's that's oh, a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But, I mean, they could uh, be yeah. in te- they could be in Tasmania as far as we as far as we know. Yeah, mate. It could be in bloody Tokyo for all we know. It could be anywhere. Um, but I think Chris has said in the chat, Essendon can't finish 17th. He's not wrong there. Uh, Craig, do you want to remind the listeners of your preseason prediction for the Bombers? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do my mea culpa again. Yes, I had Essendon tipped 17th this year. But keep in mind, that's not as bad as uh, one other one. I didn't even have Melbourne in the finals this year. So I didn't even have Melbourne in the top eight. Because I yeah. thought, you know, the last couple of years they had been so up and down, and and you know, you have to give Simon Goodwin credit. I mean, they they've righted the ship, and they've they've got themselves at the top of the ladder right now. So yeah, yeah um, I I'll just speak to the Essendon one quickly, um, uh, because look, I would speak to the Melbourne one, but some Melbourne fans probably going to call me out because I don't know as much as them about Melbourne because I'm an Essendon fan. So uh, I think at the start of the season. There were a lot of people guilty of this. Um, I, I spoke about this on the preview podcast for Essendon at the start of the year with you as well. So people were saying Essendon's going to be bottom four because we've lost Danaher, Saad, Fantasia, McKenna, um, and we weren't going well at the end of the last season. Uh, so it's really not looking good. There aren't many positives for Essendon. But when you actually kind of look into that a little bit deeper – so we lost Danaher. Danaher hadn't really contributed anything for the last three years for us. Fantasia the same. Saad, uh, the way we played last year, he did hardly added anything. McKenna hardly played last year as well. So those four outs, we're really not losing much compared to what we had last year. And we brought in these three top ten picks, two of whom have played almost every game. Uh, and as well as that, like new coach, young team on the up, and like we, even though we played quite badly last year, the results weren't great. We, mm-hmm. we finished thirteenth, and that's not bottom four. And I think our right, list right. this year, 
when you look at it in terms of the performances, um, like the output, it's improved on our, our list this year is improved on our list last year because those out, outgoing players last year, they really didn't offer much for us. And uh, Saad, he's been, he's been all right for Carlton this year. He hasn't been uh, tearing it up by any means. Danaher, he's been all right. He's been a bit hit and missed on a few things. Fantasia. I don't know. I've hardly heard about him to be honest. He's oh, he's kicking. he's been banged up a lot he's, this year. But when he you know, he yeah, when he's he has, played, he's, he's always been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he is pretty good. Um, uh, he's probably kicked what like twenty twenty five goals or something. But that's his issue. His injuries and Connor McKenna. Uh, he's out there back in Northern Ireland playing Gaelic football. So uh, I'm not I'm not a big watcher of Gaelic football. Can't say how he's going. But uh, uh-huh. I think yeah, it was probably a bit a uh, bit of an overreaction from people who were predicting Essendon to finish in the bottom 17th. four and in particular 17th. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe. Well, again, I, yeah, I, can I just, can I go ahead and just, you know, chalk it up to me not knowing what the hell I'm talking about and just leave it at that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got a bit of an excuse, Matt, but people, <laughs> other people, the so-called media experts on Fox footy or SEN or wherever, Tipping Essendon to finish 16th, 17th, maybe 18th, something, I don't know. Uh, that's just, I think that's looking for a bit of a um, attention and just a massive overreaction, really. Well, it's, yeah, and, and, I, and I guess, you know, and the one that I, you know, the one that I got wrong, and I, and I'm, and I still may be right, and it could be at your expense, was, you know, I had, uh, I had Fremantle uh, finishing eighth this year. Hmm. You know, and so I'm. At, they're going to be close to that, you know. And I had I had Richmond falling off a little bit this year, but I didn't have them falling out of the finals. And I'm I'm sure I'll I'll go back and I'll probably do this, uh, you know, with the uh, the episode right before the first round of finals happens. Go back and look at my ladder predictions from the the beginning of the year. Yeah, you because know, I had I if I remember correctly, I had uh, I had the Bulldogs and the Cats playing in the grand final. Which could, mm. yeah, it could happen could possibly, well but happen. you know, could well happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Bulldogs have, yeah, you know, they've kind of scuffled a little bit here lately as well. I mean, it's been, yeah, they've had a couple been, of pretty bad losses, hey. Yeah, they they have, and it's been, uh, yeah. That's why I was asking about you know with Port Adelaide is that they've just been you know they they got uh, oh uh, Robbie Gray came back a couple of weeks ago from from injury, and you know he kind of you know, to me he's kind of like the uh, um the North star, if you will, for that club, if he's out there and he, and he's playing well, that, that, that club tends to play well. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah uh, definitely not wrong there. As, uh, the media experts would say, it's a bit of a barometer, I reckon, but that's, uh, that's the word I was looking for actually. Yeah. Um, Chris <laughs> has said in the chat, uh, I, I promise to the listeners who are sick of me talking about Essen, I'll, I want to talk about something else in a sec. If you let me stay on, but, uh, Chris has said a lot of media still hate Essendon. And I've just got to raise a point that really, really irritates me. Uh, so you get like the halftime and post-game analysis, do you, on the Watch AFL app on Fox Football? Yeah, if I if I watch the game, if I watch them live, I do. But yeah. after like the first twenty-four hours, they they tend to cut. Um, you know, they'll cut out the between quarters commentary because yeah. they'll they'll condense it down to like a a two-hour and fifteen-minute. Uh, block instead of about two hours and 45 minutes. I think it just yeah. saves space on their servers. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but 
if you've ever seen Dermot Burton in the Fox Footy Studio um, mm-hmm. analysing an Essendon game, every single time he's on uh, duty, at, uh, like analysing the Essendon games, he cracks some joke. The first thing he says is some uh, in inverted commas joke about how much he hates Essendon. Like, oh, Essendon, <laughs> oh, 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 I hate them. Like, geez, is that not a bit unprofessional? I've never seen anyone else do that about any other club. And obviously Hawthorne, his old team, and Essendon had a big rivalry in the 80s. But, mate, repeating the same joke over and over and over. It wasn't funny the first time. And it's it's just a bit stupid. Okay, now hang on just a second here. You're you're starting to get a little bit into my wheelhouse here because being a being a high school teacher, you tend to tell the same jokes year <laughs> in year out, four or five class periods a day. So I have yeah. I have plenty of clunkers on my own there, and I don't know if I'll have any of my uh, um, students listening to this, but some of them, if they are, are probably nodding their head, going. Yeah, you're not as funny as you think you are. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I, I don't think you're uh, – firstly, you're probably not getting paid as big a bucks as Dermot Brereton is for his Fox footy gig. Well, that's and true. That's you're, true. You're also not getting paid to be creative with your jokes and with your analysis. You're getting paid to teach. He's getting paid to analyse footy games. He's joking about how shit estimate is. Like, Jesus, mate. Well, you know, that's – yeah, and I guess I've not picked up on on him doing that, but I'm I'm trying to just shuffle through my mind <clears throat> the other um, the other people that are involved in the commentary and such. And again, I don't see I don't see much of uh, Footy Classified or um, the the shows that are on what Channel Seven and Channel Nine, I think. Yeah, I don't even know if Channel Nine has any shows, but I don't see the channel. I, I, I can find the uh, the front bar on on YouTube a couple days after it has aired, uh, if I decide I want to watch that. So I don't see a lot of those those other shows. So I don't see Kane Corns very often. Who, te- who, you know, when I do, it seems he seems to be very critical of just about everybody, which I think that's kind of what his role is supposed to be on that show. Um, but you know, it's uh, yeah, he, he's just a head headline maker, really. Yeah, he? bit of an inflammatory. Uh, that's that's his thing. Uh, that's his. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. Specialty. I don't remember too many others. You know, whether it be Nick Rewalt or uh, Montaigne or Del Santo or you know those those folks that give too much of too much grief to other clubs. And and somebody mentioned here that you know that uh, Jonathan Brown is not a big Essendon uh, backer either, uh, which you know may very may well I'll have to kind of pay a little bit more attention to that. Um, but I, I hadn't picked uh, up on that. But again, if you're an Essendon supporter, I'm sure that you hear it and you yeah, pick up on that. You know, um, A few years ago, uh, Kyle Hooker, oh, I think it was last year. Yeah, it must have been last year. Kyle Hooker played his 200th game for Essendon, uh, which is a big milestone, obviously. Nothing, not insignificant at all. And right, right. They do their, as usual, they do a little montage of um, Kyle Hooker and his football journey. But instead of playing his highlights, they play basically all the funny moments, the lowlights of his career. Jonathan Brown was on commentary. They played Jonathan Brown kicking six on him in his debut or something. And then they wow. played Buddy Franklin running away from him to kick a goal. How disrespectful is that? Like, um, I'm not saying it's bias against Essendon. It's just a bit disrespectful no matter who it is, really. And like, Kyle Hooker's got his family watching that, and they're just 
showing the worst moments of his career in one of um, the games that he's going to cherish because it's his 200th. Well, is that is that more is that more on you know? And again, I have no idea on this. Is it uh, is that uh, is that Jonathan Brown making that editorial decision, or is that somebody that uh, is one of the <laughs> is one Jonathan of the producers? Brown is the guy who <laughs> puts cut the video together. Uh, yeah, is it the guy who cut the video to just you know? Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe the person the the producer yeah. of the show hates SNN even more than Jonathan Brown does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure if Jonathan Brown hates Essendon, but uh, I think it's just some something that I thought would be funny and they just didn't even realise would be disrespectful because, yeah, they, they just didn't think at all deeply about how this would be perceived. And it was just, yeah, as Chris says in the chat there, pricks. It's really, um, yeah, disrespectful act. Yeah, and he said the Channel 10 the- showed, showed him chasing Buddy Franklin on the news tonight. That's so. going to be shown forever in the family bombers uh, supporting group chat today. People, we were all saying that all the other fans just remember him for chasing Buddy Franklin for that goal because that gets shown every single time Kyle Hooker gets mentioned. But I'll move <laughs> off Kyle Hooker uh, and talk about the footy media. It's because uh, Hawthorne have been so successful for what 40, 40 and a bit years, right? Um, like so much of the media is dominated by ex Hawthorne players, Hawthorne people, uh, because all the media channels they want ex players. That's the that's the thing right now. They don't want people who know the game well but didn't play the game. Who cares about them? They want players who won premierships. They want players who won Brownlows, Coleman's, all that kind of thing. So they've got uh, like think about how many ex Hawthorne players there are in the media, and St Kilda to an extent as well, North Melbourne quite a few North Melbourne people. So it's yeah, really uh, dominated. David King. Yeah. And Wayne um, Carey. Um, well, yeah. Really I, dominated by yeah, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as familiar with Wayne Carey, but yeah. Um, well, and Jason Dunstall, who, you know, I've been, yeah. Yeah. I have been very pleased watching his insight, you know, uh, you know, getting away from, you know, cause I, I love watching the show bounce. I, I think that that's a fun show to watch. It's just kind of, you know, you kind of just take your take your brain out. You set it in the jar, let it rinse for a while <laughs> as you're watching that. Just have some fun with that. But you know, he's been you know very insightful uh, as a commentator during the games. Uh, you know, when he's been on uh, substituting on 360 as well, he's been. I think he's been a, he's been a you know a bit of a breath breath of fresh air on uh, a number of the uh, the different. Uh, opportunities he, that he's had. So it's not just been the comic relief. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, is, uh, is that Chris in the chat there? Cause he keeps talking about how much all these people hate Essendon. I thought he was a Geelong fan. No, this is not Chris. This is uh this is somebody oh. else who is an Essendon supporter. Oh, sorry. I thought yes. you said that was Chris before. No, that's sorry not Chris. That. Uh-uh. Um, well, thanks for whoever that is in the chat there, but I'm guessing you're an Essendon fan. Uh, Very much yeah, not so. Too sure yes. About- Jack <laughs> Daniel. Okay, sorry for calling you Chris yep. Daniel. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. There really aren't too many Essendon people in the media. You've got Matthew Lloyd, Scott Lucas does like a little bit. Uh, Matthew Lloyd does three AW and Channel Nine a bit. But he's not. Really isn't Matthew Lloyd? Matthew Lloyd's on Footy Classified, is he not? Yeah, that's a Channel Dark-haired Nine. Dark-haired guy. Show. Okay. 
yeah, yeah, dark-haired guy. Um, and, oh, as well, you've got Job Watson who does a bit of stuff for Channel 7. But, geez, <laughs> I love Job. I love Job as a player, one of my favourite players ever. But, my God, he is not the greatest commentator out there. <laughs> Some of the comments he makes, yeah, de- definitely not too special. Very, very, very average. But the Hawthorne contingent in the footy media landscape is astonishing. Well, I know somebody that uh, is working on a journalism degree here um, that uh, <laughs> might be ready for a, a spot here in a couple of years. Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, Craig, uh, Fox Footy and people like them, they don't want people who know the game well. Well, I don't know the game as well as lots of people, but not fairly well. But they don't want people like me or Rowan Connolly who knows the game really well because we never played the game. They want people with the honours and people they can put in their ads, say, this person won three Coleman medals, this person won five grand finals, here they are on Fox Footy, got all the best opinions. Um, and Daniel says Tim Watson as well. Yeah, he, I'm not sure he does commentary, but he does SEN Breakfast. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so it's, I was actually – I listened to uh, Dwayne uh, – I can't think of his last name right now. I was listening to his show last night Dwayne before Russell. I went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, I guess you need that, uh, you know, that level of authenticity in terms of, you know, people who have been involved in the game, but, but, and, and maybe they, maybe they develop that ability to, um, to also be decent, you know, opinion you know commentators and that type of thing providing their opinion as they go along because some are not uh some are not exactly great commentators as you were mentioning but you know some you know some of you uh if you didn't necessarily know that 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 they had played the game previously you might think that they were you know halfway decent uh you know person that's just presenting their views on the game but then of course you know you see some people who you know, there's a couple of folks that are on Fox footy that didn't play the game at the highest level that are, you know, that are there. You know, you got, you know, folks like Tom Morris. Uh, um, there's one other guy who's that, whose name's yeah. escaping me right now. That, the thing is though, those people are the, the news breakers and the right, play by play commentators. They're not the people who analyze the tactics and analyze their positions and all that. They leave that to the, the ex players. Well, and that, and maybe, and maybe that's where the, uh, you know, that's where the, 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 the delineation comes then is that, you know, that they, that the people who are doing the, the analysis of the game, the color commentary, if you will, are the folks, you know, that's the same way it is in the NFL. Uh, and yeah. in, uh, you know, the, you know, baseball broadcasting and I'm sure with, I don't watch much hockey, but I'm sure the NBA does the same thing where you've got, you know, you've generally got the one person who's like the professional broadcaster. And then you've got the jock, the person who played the game for, you know, some sort of a period of time who's able to provide, you know, commentary and tell stories about the, uh, um, the game and when they were playing and that sort of thing. Now, now footy doesn't, to me, footy doesn't always lend itself to that type of, uh, a back and forth between the commentary team because the game moves so quickly, Mm. you know, you baseball, the NFL, which has, you know, you've got, you know, 20, 30 seconds in many instances between plays, there's an opportunity for that that player, the jock, if you will, to provide you know insight in terms of you know their experiences with the game. 
But, you know, in, in a lot of instances, I don't think that happens necessarily with footy because the, the action is, unless unless it's a dead ball situation, the game is continuing to move during the course of the actual game. Now, when you get into the, you know, the, the halftime or the between, you know, between um, the quarters or, you know, even during the, the commentary stuff during the week, that that's a completely different thing. But in, in terms of during the game, you know, I don't think they get that uh, – that that same opportunities you might get in a game where there's a much more slow pace. Yeah, yeah, but they do get the opportunities during the ball ups and the throw ins, which they happen True. frequently enough. Plus, uh, quite often they just say it even even when the game's well. Happening. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't they don't care about kind of keeping the flow of the play by play call. They just interrupt it and uh, they they talk about some stupid stuff, don't they? They talk about. The barbecue that they had last Wednesday. <laughs> oh, oh my God! No well, one cares. Let me ask you this because I, I don't I don't have a clue about this. How does that work with cricket? Because you know cricket seems to be, to be something that works at a, at a pace very similar to baseball. I mean, there's you know there's a lot of downtime. I mean, yeah, it, you know, I would think that there's some of the you know the players that are playing defense. You know, between their, each time that the ball is thrown might have time to go, you know, change loads of laundry in the washer and the dryer at their house before the ball gets thrown the next time. Yeah. Um, I think I mostly listen to cricket on the radio. Uh, okay. It's a bit of a summer tradition over here. But I do watch it a bit on TV, and there is a lot more waffle uh, just talking about crap. But they do have quite good analysis. On Fox Cricket, I like the Fox Cricket analysis. Obviously, the Fox footy cricket equivalent uh richie bennett is the goat that's uh yeah <laughs> i think that's a fact there from daniel uh very nice but on the i really like the abc uh radio cricket coverage because they call the game and then in the downtimes they do integrate a bit of texts from their listeners or they talk about something funny that's cricket related but uh-huh. they don't they don't just talk about themselves and like this kind of boys club thing that happens in channel seven, especially yeah. um, they they talk about something that's got at least some loose connection to the game that's playing out in front of them. Usually. Well, that's, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, this is uh, something that a couple of years ago that uh, Orville Gibson turned me on to um, the, the the N- <clears throat> excuse me the NIRS the National Indigenous Radio Service that does yes. that they broadcast some of the the footy games they don't get to do all of them but I know that they do a lot of uh, interaction with the listeners during the course of the game where people are sending text me- because they've read one of my text messages oh. during one of the broadcasts uh then they were wondering what the heck is somebody from you know the united states listening to them for uh but it was uh yeah so so it's kind of interesting that they that they actually do that sort of thing now that that does happen or at least it used to happen i haven't watched baseball in a couple of years now but that used to happen quite a bit um with the the cleveland indians who will be the cleveland guardians as of next year uh they're changing their name yes uh it's a whole interesting story there, but uh, mm, you know, yeah. one of the two, you know, the the play by play guy would would read through his Twitter feed during the course of the game, and would respond to people, you know, on Twitter during the course of the broadcast and such. So he was doing that live. Yeah, 
Right. Um, well, uh, again, Daniel with a great point in the chat. Uh, in jokes run riot on channel on channel seven. This guy, Daniel, he's a switched on fella. He he's just talking in facts this whole time. He, well, I would I would love to actually get him to come on, but he's been he's been a little he he he's been a little reluctant to come on. Although it did click on a couple times today where he was wanting to come on as a speaker, but I'm not sure if he just had hit the wrong button or not. But yeah, I would love to get him on and talk with him since I've not done that as of yet. Um, yeah, he, he says he's full of it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I know Chris is, Chris is out there too. And I'm, I want to get Chris on today. We had, we had a bit of, you know, the last time I did a live episode, uh, um, we had some really bad audio and I was trying to work on editing it and it just was, I was really struggling with it. So I had to just, I snipped off about 10 minutes of audio, 10 minutes of discussion between Chris and I before I, uh, before I release the episode. And I did apologize to him for that before I, before I put the episode out. Um, mm. But it's, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, he's going to want to talk about the cats, but it's just, you know, bringing it back around to the, to the games this, this week, it's, has there been, um, has there been, and again, I can't recall it off the top of my head, but has there been an instance where you've had, you know, so many games that still have, implications in terms of who's going to be where on the ladder in round 23 because i'm just strolling through here you got one two three four five six seven eight of the nine games theoretically have finals implications now some of them are minuscule some of them are minuscule the the tigers you know it's a very minuscule opportunity for them to play finals but eight of the nine games have something to do with finals. And, and then the last game of the weekend is the one that has, doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, graveyard time slot for that game that doesn't have anything to do with it. Sunday, 4.40, Melbourne time. But to answer your well, – I don't know if you asked the question, but I think <laughs> I'm really testing, testing my footy knowledge here. I'm not sure if this is the right year. But I think the 1987 VFL season in round 22 – there was chaos. There was like really close games. I think Footscray, now the Western Bulldogs, might have played Melbourne, uh, and it was a really crunch game to decide who would get that like a last final spot. And there were a couple other teams in the race as well, maybe Geelong and one other team. Um, someone might want to check that, like the nineteen eighty seven VFL season. Uh, I could be I yeah. could be wrong with Foots, the yeah, Footscray. A- Footscray, Footscray lost to Melbourne in the last round um, and Geelong Geelong and Hawthorne. Well, that had been a hell of a game, 126 to 123. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just looking at these that, scores that. here. Wow. You had, you had, you had at that time two, four, you had 14 clubs and one, two, three, only three of them scored under 100, 113 points that weekend. Well, 169, was, 141. West Coast beat St. Kilda 175 to 87 that round. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, I, I don't have any memory of it because I, I was born a bit too late for that. But in 1989 VFL <laughs> Grand Final as well, um, where I actually did a podcast episode on it really early on in the kind of podcast adventure. Uh-huh. Uh on the 1989 VFL Grand Final, Hawthorne Geelong, those same two teams. I think it was 
both teams got 135 points plus, I think. Um, and it was decided by like six points. It was an amazing game. And the Cats were up by oh a good margin, I think. Four, four or five goals, maybe something like that. And the Hawks chiseled their way back from the second quarter around about then, I think, and ended up winning that game, a phenomenal game. And, uh, yeah, the scores back in the day, cra- crazy. Hey, Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking at this here. They, they had at that time, they, they had five teams play finals. Mm, That's yeah. weird. That top eight system is fairly recent, I think. Yeah. Uh, 20, maybe 25 years they've had the 25, 30 years they've had the top eight system. Um, well, I'll say fairly recent, but it was since before. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's, it's been like recent in the kind of grand before, before they invented the toy train. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Thomas <laughs> the Tank Engine toy train. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it used to be only two, uh, 12 teams. Daniel was right there. And, um, I think there were only eight teams to begin with in the first VFL season in 1897, I think. But, Craig, can we talk a little bit about the finals? Because I know this is uh, your last episode in this kind of prime time slot, last live episode for a while. So can we talk a bit about the finals before I go? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I'll ask you, what what do you think is going to happen? What are you looking forward to? Well, I would have been very confident, or not very confident. I would have been – that's not the right word to use, but – I, yeah, there's no bye week coming up. Um, I would have been slightly um, optimistic right up until the time of uh, Tom Stewart's foot injury. Yes, you know it's uh, that's that to me that's going to be a huge thing for them to overcome. Uh, you know, you've got you know Sydney lost you know Nick Blakey last week to a, a broken leg as well. Yeah, so it's uh, this it's yeah I don't know as you were saying any I think anybody in the top. You know, in anybody that's going to be in the eight, I think could win it. They all have, they all have some things going for them. But I just, yeah, I just that's why I was I was asking and I was wondering, yeah, are you know Port Adelaide and Brisbane are peaking? It seem to be peaking at this point in time. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, Brisbane is without Cam Rayner. They're without Hipwood, but they've uh, they've they've released their their version of the Kraken here the last three rounds and. Uh, you know, in in young Mister Cockatoo, uh, who's kicked five, you yeah. know five goals at five goals in three rounds, and as as much as it pains me to see him do that in a in a different Guernsey, I'm I'm thrilled for him. Uh, it's yeah, uh, yeah, I I just are they are they peaking too soon? You know, does uh, does does Melbourne get their act you know together? Uh, do the Bulldogs recover from the loss of Josh Bruce? Um, you know, cause they're going to have to find some scoring somewhere else. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a wide open finals here. Yeah. I think, you know, any of the clubs that win, um, they get into the finals. I think could, could, you could make an argument or a case for them winning and, and, and Daniel put on their port port and Geelong in the finals. I, I would be okay with that. Um, yeah, mm. I, well, of course you'd be okay. Yeah, I'm still team. I'm just yeah, let's just go. Let's just go ahead and skip the other the other games in the. Let's just go ahead and play. Let's just go ahead and play a grand final right there. Okay, yeah. Oh hell, let's. You know what? We'll, we can even play it at the Adelaide Oval. That's fine. Oh, right, that compromise. Good on you, Craig. But I, <laughs> I, I could, I could, I could be wrong with this. 
have there been within that top six and it, even within the top eight a bit, have there been many absolute beltings like with one team in the eight smashing another team in the eight? I know Port smashed Essendon. Geelong smashed Essendon as well. But um, especially the top six, have there been many? Well, Brisbane, the Cats played, I would argue, their worst game of the season. Uh, get And again, oh, and, yes. and maybe it wasn't even that they had played so bad as that Brisbane had played so well because Brisbane beat them by 40. Yeah. Uh, 40 is a pretty big margin, but you see bigger margins than that quite often amongst even amongst the top eight teams. So I think well, we're set the, for – The Bulldogs last week got beat by, by almost 30 points by Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, and yeah, that's yeah. Bulldogs. I was going to allude to that because it's you know it's kind of like the uh, uh, what did I jot I jotted down on my my list here that the uh, um yeah that 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 the the twenty twenty one Clarko Pillage Tour you know has one more battle to fight because I I I honestly I I think I think they're going to go out with one more win because they face Richmond next week and it's you know it's going to I I think that Hawthorne's going to beat Richmond this week coming up. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, and yeah, that's I one. I yeah, that surprised. Yeah, I, I just as as he's heading out of there, I just I think he's going to get one more win. You know, the Tigers. You know, they lost. Uh, you know, they lost Cochin. You know, this week he's got a, a knee injury, so it's it's just. You know, it's uh, yeah. I I just think that that it's going to wrap up with with him getting one more win, and then it's a wait and see. What does he do next? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Very uh, interesting times. Um. Carlton last week he could be going to Carlton and my God Carlton on the weekend conceding nineteen goals in a row I know my Bombers yeah. conceded twenty one in a row a couple of years to the Dogs but to see it happen to another team especially a rival it's quite it's quite funny it's quite funny <laughs> conceding nineteen goals in a row but look Mark Murphy's I think it was his three hundred and final game he's had a great career but oh <laughs> I was having the time of my life watching Carlton get smashed. The next-door neighbours, Carlton fans, mm-hmm. uh, I could hear them sobbing uh, from a house away, which was a uh, very uh, – a bit of schadenfreude, as the Germans Now, let me let me ask you about lockdown etiquette. Were you allowed to actually go to their house and ask if they were okay? <laughs> uh, no, I definitely wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's um, – <laughs> well, I, I, they weren't actually sobbing, but geez, they, they were pretty angry. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got to tell you, they, they're a pretty passionate bunch of supporters over there. The Essendon household at number twenty-nine, and we've got the Carlton household at number twenty-seven. So, <laughs> bit of street rivalry going on out here in Coburg. Well, that and, and that. Have you got any other clubs that are represented on, on your block? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh not there aren't people who are as big of fans as uh, myself and my family and the next door neighbors. Um, yeah, not like obviously, kind of most people have a team, a nominal team. Like they say, right, right. oh yeah, I go for Collingwood, I go for the Bulldogs. But then I don't think many people on the street go to like every game. You know? Yeah. That. Well. That, that, yeah. I, I can honestly say that. There's not a single person on my street that supports any of the clubs. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you've got some uh, converting to do. You got you can recruit a whole street of cats fans if you do your job well enough. You know what I, I've I have actually I, I've I've 
I turned somebody into an Essendon supporter. Yeah, I think we've the talked about this. My, wasn't it? Yeah, my yeah, the boss, you know, the principal at my school is an Essendon supporter, and I actually picked up a, uh, I picked up an Essendon, uh, an Essendon Sharon for him uh, last weekend or two weekends ago down in uh, Cincinnati when I was down watching one of the games. So I picked up a ball for him and brought that back. That's nice. So um, yeah, he he's got it displayed in his office. Question for you, Craig. Uh huh. Like you're you're the unofficial ambassador of footy in the United States. You've got all the well, power oh, over this. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And he's not a Geelong say, fan. No, he's not a Geelong fan. But I, 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 I don't, I don't want to be so presumptuous to think that I'm the ambassador for. There are, there, <laughs> there are, there are just, just thousands joking, of. Just no, I know, I know. But, but there are lots of people who have been, you know, playing the game and have been fans a lot longer than I have. They just, you know, they haven't necessarily made the decision to do to do a podcast or that sort of thing. But, you know, there are people like, you know, you know, Rick Shabani, who's been writing about the game for several years, you know, longer than I've been involved doing this. And you know, so maybe I'm the, maybe as far as a cat supporter goes, but even there, even there, there's still, you know, some of them that are, that are out there as well. But yes, I know you were not making it official, official, but, uh, yeah, but ho- yeah. hopefully you get some kind of official role in the coming years. Get a letter from Gillan McLaughlin asking you to be the representative over that'd there. Be great. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be that'd quite be, good. You'd be, like I'll tell you what, that'd be one hell of a summer job to have. I mean, I would be all yeah. over that. I would. <laughs> that, that I would, would be quite cool. I would it? definitely be. I'd be. I'd be down for that if if the league wants to. Yeah. If they want to, if they want to, you know, bring me on board to do that that weekly highlight show that I, I've been preaching about for the last couple of years now saying if you want to get people watching the game here you got to get them excited about the game here yeah and again this weekend we, we did have five games broadcast here but again no no advertising for it uh, um, you know nothing to say hey um, yeah these games are gonna be on yeah mm. and they don't they don't do that. Be a scout. Uh, Daniel yes. says, "Be a scout." Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll be honest. Scout I any players at the weekend. I did. Uh, I'll tell you what. I did um, this weekend when I went down to Cincinnati. I did watch a, uh, and I need to pull up his name here so I get it correct here. And I've reached out to him because I, I wanted to to get him on for an interview. Uh, mm. But uh, the uh, when I went to watch the games, the ruck from the. Uh, Nashville team, uh, the Nashville. Oh God, what the hell are they called? Um, the Kangaroos. Um, he is a he played college football uh, here in the states, and he graduated. I think he's he, I think he's my son's age because the last I saw, he was playing college football in 2018. So he would have been a, col- a 2019 um, uh, graduate of Michigan State, and he was a tight end. He so he was kind of like a a combination between a, a blocker and a receiver. And he was, pro- he was probably six foot five and maybe 235 pounds, 240 pounds. And just was, he was, he was the best player on the ground. Yeah, and, wow. he, and, and, and he was, he was, he was a, uh, you know, as a ruck. Yeah. I watched him. I watched him from the, 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 the right uh, he wasn't all the way down the pocket, but he was along the the the, the sideline, right along the uh, the boundary, 
and and he he had a free kick from about probably 60 meters out that he he dropped right at the top of the uh goal square for somebody that took a mark right there and it was just it was it, it's like he just it's like he was standing above him on a ladder and just dropped the ball to him it was just it was yeah. phenomenal to see um yes yeah, yeah, so yeah. i you know i don't know if he's as tall as you know so get six foot five he's a you know he's probably you know like mark blitzav's uh height you know so he's not he's not the 611 you know mason cox type player or anything like that but he's you know you know, he's about a half a half a foot shorter than that, but he was uh, he was he was phenomenal out there. Very impressive to watch. Yeah, uh, that. So, do, do you reckon are, are there other games coming up in the states anytime soon? Uh, there were, yeah, they're play, Well, they're they're playing. Uh, there were two different regional tournaments that took place this past weekend uh, in Wisconsin and in Pennsylvania, and there are a couple more happening. Uh, I think on the twenty first. And then, uh, yeah, okay. and then they'll be, uh, then they'll have the nationals are supposed to be out in California in late September, early October, I think. Yeah. But again, uh, you, you try to head to that one. Oh no, I'm not, I don't have the, I don't have, I'm, I'm still paying for my daughter to finish up, uh, you know, her last couple of years of school here. So no, I, I'm not going to yeah. be, I'll, I'll try to watch it on YouTube. Uh, but it's, uh, it, you know, it's not something I'm going to go out and, and actually, vi- you know, go out and see. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping next year that I'll, you know, if the Nationals are in, um, are close by, whether they be in Cincinnati again or possibly in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is a couple of hours away. Uh, you know, I might I might consider going there to watch uh games again you know because it was and in, in Indianapolis I think is a, actually closer for me than Cincinnati um yeah they do uh, they do play on a uh <clears throat> pretty much a standard size oval I think they were maybe uh in terms of the width it definitely was I think they said that they were maybe about 15 meters short end to end uh, from goal to goal, this t- where they were playing this year, I think they were about 15 meters short. I think is what they said. But yeah, they generally play on a on a regulation size oval, uh, and they were playing. You know, they were playing 18 on a side. And you know, I know that they have some instances where they play. Well, they'll play footy nines, uh, where they may play it on like a uh, on a uh, soccer pitch or soccer ground. Um, I've seen I've seen where that's done. And sometimes if they don't have enough players, they may agree on playing, you know, 16 to a side or 15 or whatever they need to do. Uh, but what was interesting is that there, and it, it was, there was actually a, uh, and I, I haven't released the episode and I, I did not do any interviews when I went down to, to watch the games. Cause I got involved in watching the games. I was doing, I made some kind of, you know, commentary to myself in terms of what I was seeing that I, that I record that I'm going to piece together into an episode. But there was one thing that the USAFL does is that they they had a uh, um, there was a, a pretty significant uh, scuffle that took place during one of the oh, games. Wow. Um, in fact, the the young man I was talking about before had uh, you know come and uh, dislodged the ball from somebody else, and and quite frankly, he just he just knocked him on his ass. Uh, quite frankly, and oh, that one of that player's teammates took offense to that and went after him. And it was, it became a bit of a, 
I wouldn't say a fist fight, but there was a, a pretty big conflict that went on. And I didn't know about this going into it, but the USAFL actually does something where they've, they've incorporated something from soccer into their games. So they actually, they'll actually use a yellow card, red card situation. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is, which is, which I thought, and I didn't know that going into it. So the, the, the umpires gave the guy who then was the one who came in after the, the initial contact took place, gave him a yellow card, which meant he had to come off the ground for, I believe he had to come off for 10 minutes. It might've been 15, um, but they were allowed to substitute for him. They were allowed yeah, to bring another okay. player on to replace him. But if somebody gets a red card and I don't know if this is the same, I don't know if this works this way in soccer. Cause I don't watch soccer that closely. Uh, at least, you know, like the, the, the higher levels of soccer, I watch high school soccer. Um, but if somebody were to get a red card, that person comes off and they're out of the game but they're not allowed to replace them. So they would play, they would play down one man. So they'd be, it'd be 18 on 17. Yeah. That's, that's what happens in soccer as well. And if, so you get a yellow card in soccer, if you get another uh-huh. yellow card, that's a red card. Right. If you right. Do something seriously bad, like headbutt someone. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a few famous ones of those. If you headbutt someone, that's a red card straight away and you're out for the whole game. Right. Well, of course, you know, of course, if, if you look at somebody the wrong way in soccer, that could, you know, that could end up being just an ACL injury right there. Cause they, you know, you looked at them wrong and they've got, a, that's one of the things, again, that's one of the things that I just, that really just uh, bugs me about soccer is that just, you know, the, and I'm going to use a technical term here, you know, the, the bullshit fake injuries, you know, the, Oh yeah. no, I, I fell down. My, my, you know, my leg needs to be amputated kind of thing. It just, that and then is, 10 seconds later, they're like, back up running around like nothing happened. It's a consensus shared by not not just non-soccer fans, but soccer fans as well. Like I, I write for a, a soccer website and all the people there and all the soccer fans I know, they hate that kind of thing. It's it's needs to be stamped out. But when we shouldn't be talking about soccer, Craig. It's a yank right. on the footy. Uh, can I talk about one more thing before I let you go? I've been here for ages. I, <laughs> I've held up so much of your time, but can I talk about one more thing? You're here. You might as well. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, I've gone about, what, 20 minutes without talking about Essendon. So I'm getting withdraw- withdrawal Who? symptoms. So Who are you talking about? Talk- Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about him one more time. One more time. And then I'll get out of your hair, Craig. Um, uh, so Knowing, knowing full Essendon- well I don't have any hair. <laughs> Yeah, I realized that halfway through uh-huh. the sentence. Yes. Yeah, that that um, that's your that's your next project is you you need to do a uh you need before you go on there you need to do a uh, um a photoshop putting your hair on my head just to see what that would look like. <laughs> Bit of vice versa as well. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that would be that would be a uh that'd be an interesting look also, wouldn't it? But go ahead, I'm sorry. Be an interesting look. <laughs> uh, no, all, all good, Craig. Uh, I've got a bit of spe- spare time in lockdown. Might might 
do a bit of Photoshop magic, see how it goes. Uh, but anyway, uh, Essendon. And I'd, re- I'd actually really be interested in Daniel's take on this, being an Essendon fan who's seen finals wins and seen grand finals wins, uh, grand final wins. Uh, if you, It would be cool to get him to call in. I don't know if he's keen. Uh, Craig, you're probably keen well, I've, as well. Well, I... He, the invite thing popped up on the uh, screen, and I sent the invite to him, but he's not. Uh, he hasn't no, come he's on. He's, as he says here, he's too shy. Yes, he's too shy. Fair enough. Well, he can contribute in the chat or something if he likes. But uh, I, I've uh, I was born in two thousand three. Our last Good finals Lord. win was <laughs> was two thousand four. Uh, I moved to Australia in two thousand four, um, and I've been going to. Essendon games since 2004. So I've seen one finals win, but that was when I was playing with toy trains, <laughs> as we said before. Um, uh, and, yeah, there you go. Daniel's seen four flags. And I- I've seen so many heartbreaking finals losses. Uh, flew to Perth two years ago to see us get smashed by the Eagles. Flew to Sydney two years before that to see us get smashed by the Swans. Seen a couple heartbreakers. It's been a tough time being an Essendon fan these 18 years, with a drug saga as well. Uh, that Because Essendon was like my identity in that period. We've spoken about this before. Like that that was like who I was. I was like the Essendon guy and the club getting torn apart in that period was so tough. Um, but now, this year, when we've probably got our best chance uh, for my whole life of winning a final, uh, it's... It's very, very, very strange feeling. So, sorry, just a second, Craig. Okay, sorry about that. Um, uh, my cat just came in the room. Sorry about that, mate. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very, very strange feeling because we've got our possible. That is a, uh, by the way, that is an omen. <laughs> the cat walked into the room. That is an omen right there. That's, that's a good thing. Well, and it's a, well, it's not necessarily a good thing because it's a black cat. Uh, so maybe we're not looking too good for our round 23 game. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, hopefully it doesn't go walking under any ladders or I don't break a mirror, anything like that. But like I was saying, sorry, went off on a bit of a tangent there, but uh, it, it's our biggest chance, I, I feel, at winning a final since that year 2004. And it's the best I've felt about Essen's performances in my life, really. But I'm not going to be able to see this final that we play if we play it. And to see Essendon win a final, that first final on TV, is if if it happens, I'm not saying it's going to happen, probably won't happen, but if that happens, it is going to be such a strange feeling. I imagine it's like that for Melbourne fans as well, even worse, because they haven't won a grand final since 1964. If they win a grand final this year, it is going to be so strange and so conflicting. I think. Well, because because you've got you have that inability to really go out and celebrate it. Yeah, well, not only that, that you can't be at the game. Like I've yes, traveled yes. interstate to all these games and all these finals, forked out like years and years of well, maybe not years and years, but a lot of savings uh, to go to these games, being smashed every time, and then now we might play a game behind closed doors in Perth. Uh, well, not behind closed doors, but in Perth against, I don't know, Sydney or something. Close to you, win yes. It, yeah, if we win it, it is going to be so, so strange. It will be cool to think about, uh, uh, to see what Daniel thinks about that. 
and what you think about that as well, Craig. Yeah, it's it it is it is surreal, and and I and I I yeah you know, I think that the fact that and I think this just comes back to the fact that the uh, that the AFL and you know even here in the states you know sports here in the states um, this year especially have been you know available for people to watch, you know, that it's been, it's been a, a bit of a, uh, um, a normalizer. It's, it's been a bit of a stabilizer because there's so, there've been so many other avenues of people's lives that have been cut off for the foreseeable future by this friggin' COVID shit, uh, that, that, that this has been an outlet for people that, uh, that otherwise they would not have, you know, they would not have had, and and I guess I have to toss this question back to you. Um, you go back to the you know when when the lockdowns first started happening last year, and there what was it uh, eight weeks, ten weeks without any footy, something like that. Yeah, something like that. How, how what was that like for you there? I mean, you know, for me it was yeah. You know, I'm I was still plodding along. I was doing interviews for the podcast, just having gotten it started, uh, but. For somebody in you know for a country that this this game has been their their lifeblood for you know 130 years, you yeah. know oh. what was what was you know having lost it then, you know yes not being able to see it on in person but still being able to see it on the television or listening to it on the radio has been I think probably a, a bit of a savior towards some people and their sanity and such you know during the time that they were that they've been, you know, locked away for, for whatever reason. Yeah. And, uh, this year, Essen's had lots of games moved, but it's, I, we've got to go to games this year, which makes it even more surreal. It's going to be cut off from us in finals. But mm-hmm. to answer your question about last year, it was, it's a, it's a strange one. It's a weird one because it happened, what, in the kind of April to June period, April to July, I think. Yeah, because they, they, play, they played round of, one, and then it was shut yeah. off. Yeah, they played round one in late March, and then they came back, I'm going to say in July, could be late June, not 100% sure, but it almost felt for me like an off-season because uh, – That's a good point. Like, you, you just didn't expect games to happen. And over here uh, – in contrast to something like the Premier League, which happens for 10, 10 months a season or whatever, we only have footy six months a season here. So we mm-hmm. – six months a year. So we have a quite a long time between seasons. So I guess we're kind of used to having a bit of time without footy and getting that replaced by cricket. Um, right. But, yeah, to have no sport at all in that period was very, very strange uh, for us, as I'm sure it was for you as well. Yeah, and it's – and I think there that you're going to have that, uh, you know, well, hopefully, you know, seeing some of the vaccination numbers that people are posting online, that that's good news. You know, for those people who are choosing to get the vaccinations, maybe that's going to lessen some of these restrictions on people and are going to allow you know, people to travel more freely, maybe allow people to get to um, to watch cricket matches or to get to the AFLW uh, which starts, I believe, in December, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, December. Yeah, so hope. Yeah, you know, and you know, those are de- uh, you know definitely uh, 
good distractions for for people during these you know these rather interesting times if you will uh so it's uh it's been it's been a to me yeah it's it's in many ways it's been a uh, even it's been a bit of a savior for my my sanity uh over the last couple of years with with the covid stuff going on um because you know i i don't uh I probably would not find myself talking to too many people, you know, if I was not doing the podcast about this game, because, you know, I, I probably would not have started, you know, I would not have said, well, I'm going to go ahead and do a podcast about baseball. It, it, it likely would not have happened because there's, you know, a ton of them out there. And I've become, you know, I've become rather disillusioned with the game of baseball over the last couple of years. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm so thankful about having embraced this game and you know, just the people, whether they be here, you know, listening to the podcast or people in the different discussion boards on different social media sites that I'm on that uh, that have just, you know, have, have welcomed me in and have basically said, yeah, you're just some dumb American, um, you know, leave us alone. Now, maybe they say that, you know, offline to their friends. Oh, there's this dumb American here. But they haven't necessarily said that to me. I had a couple people say that early on about that. And I just was like, you know. There's plenty of room in the boat for, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not upsetting your, your fandom of B. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. And I yeah, just thought maybe you'd be thrilled to have somebody else embracing the game. And I, I don't think I'd even remember who that person was or even what uh, social platform that was on. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's just been a great, uh, it's been a great distraction for people. Fortunately. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the IFLW fully expanding, by not this coming season, but the one after that, mm-hmm. the 2022-23 season, we're going to have four new teams, right. Essendon, Hawthorne, Sydney, Port, uh, all coming in that season. And it's going to be so good to be able to actually support an AFLW team and <laughs> not just watch a game here and here or there with no real interest in it for either side because they're not Essendon, you know? Because, this, like... I can't watch a Collingwood Carlton game and go for either of those teams because I hate them, you know, whether they're women or men. I don't like Collingwood and Carlton, so I'm not going to support their team no matter what gender they are. But, yeah, Essendon having a team is going to be so good. I've got an article actually coming up on footyology.com.au. If anyone's interested in reading about Essendon's VFLW team, it's got an interview with the VFLW captain, uh, so I'd appreciate if you could check that out. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I've got a little blurb from uh, Tony Davis that I want to get to. And I wanted to give him a shout out before I wrap this up. Cause yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I want to thank him because he sent me a, he sent me a, uh, a book that showed up uh, a couple of days ago that I'm looking forward to diving into. I mean, I've got, I've got, you know, this one, I've got the, uh, the boys club to get into as well. Still. Um, nice. But yeah, let me. But you know, Harper, thanks for popping on here today, man. This has been uh, been a, a lot of fun. I love talking footy with you. So I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and pop Tony on here real quickly here because he he sent a message last evening. So let me get this here. Thanks so much, Craig. See ya. Yep. G'day, Craig. It's Tony Davis calling from Minnesota. Just wanted to check in before the big match between uh, our two squads, Melbourne and Geelong, this week for the minor premiership. Um, but before I do that, I just wanted to. Um, uh, make a point of talking a little bit about Eddie Betts and Sean Burgoyne uh, as they retire. Um, you know, really two great Indigenous players 
um, just great football players, period. But they really um, have been such an uh, active voices for the um, for the uh, Aboriginal players in, in the AFL. And um, I think both of them will continue to represent and be role models um, uh, going forwards after their careers now. And um, I just uh, want to point out what great players have been. You know, Eddie Betts with his just highlight reel uh, and infectious smile and enjoyment of the game. And, and, for, and for Burgoyne, just the how much of an important player he was for those Hawthorne premierships. Um, he They wouldn't have won um, met several of them without him. He's such a versatile player and uh, uh, just was a joy to watch. Such a skillful, skillful player. Um, so um, wish them both well in their post-football careers. Um, and then finally, just regarding Melbourne Geelong, uh, who would have thunk that uh, back in the preseason when we sat down and did our uh, season review that uh, our two teams would be sitting there uh, fighting out for the minor apprenticeship. And uh, but here we are. I'm not sure what it may gain either one of them because I'm not sure either one will get a home game uh, the following week for the, for the first round of the finals, but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, just hoping for a, a good, good clash which I think it will be and that both teams come out of it uh, injury free more importantly as we head into the finals so uh, wish you well go D's catch you later okay so that was uh, from Tony Davis who I interviewed uh, a few episodes ago uh, along with his dad uh, Frank Davis uh, who played with the D's uh, for about a decade and I did want to give Frank a, a shout out and a thank you I'm, I'm holding um uh, the book that he sent me, uh, Adam Wilcox's new book, The Last Hurrah, which is uh, about Melbourne's last premiership in 1964. Um, Tony had a couple copies shipped to him in Minnesota and forwarded this one to me. So I'm, I'm truly appreciative of that. I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into this and uh, and you know, learning more about the, the 1964 um club and uh more about his dad's involvement with the club as well because his dad won a premiership in his uh first season um yeah daniel said even i'm not old enough to remember that um i'm old enough to have been alive when that happened but not to of course remember it because i had i i was a year old when this when this occurred um yeah 1964 happened to be the last year that the Cleveland Browns won a game as well, uh, the NFL team here that I support. So I don't remember that as well, but I was at least alive for, for it. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to taking a look at that. And Tony, I, I truly appreciate it, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is going to be interesting with, you know, the two clubs who are likely to be finishing at the top of the ladder may not get to play a game at their home ground. So it's, uh, I wonder if they just, you know, say, you know, if they're going to sit out there and just have an agreement where they're going to, you know, just send 22 guys out uh, to, I think they're playing in Cardinia Park. Maybe they just uh, all show up and have a picnic on the ground and just, you know, play to a draw and both end up with another, you know, Melbourne get another uh, draw on their record and everybody stays healthy and just kind of have an unofficial bye week. Maybe that'd be the way to go about doing it and then get themselves, uh, geared up for their actual uh, first round game against whomever that may be. Cause it's, you know, one of, one of them is going to be playing either 
well, either of them, both of them are going to be playing either uh, the Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, or Brisbane, should Brisbane, Brisbane hop into the four. Um, and, you know, as I'd mentioned at the outset, you know, Brisbane and Port Adelaide seem to be, you know, hitting, you know, their stride right about now. And I don't think, you know, anybody necessarily wants to be playing either one of those squads right now. And when you look at, you know, the, the, the lesser of the three evils right now being, you know, the club with arguably the best midfield with, uh, with the Bulldogs, do you really want to end up squaring off against them either? You know, cause yes, they, they played one hell of a clunker this past weekend against the Hawks, you know, and scoring 37, I think it's 37 points for the entire contest. It's yeah, that's a definitely not a, a performance at the, uh, um, the, yeah, uh, rather, you know, that they'd rather, uh, not have to think about too much longer. Yeah. I, <clears throat> Daniel asked on here what I, <clears throat> excuse me, what I would rather have the, the cats playing Port Adelaide or, the Bulldogs. I th- I think at this point in time, yeah, I, I think maybe the Bulldogs at this point in time. But but again, you know, is Port Adelaide success? Is it fool's gold? Is it you know because they've they've not necessarily at the times they were winning these games, were they playing uh, were they playing top eight sides? Yes, they were beating the teams that they had to beat. I mean, they've won. Uh, I had jotted down here. They've won eight out of their last nine games. Um, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been tremendous seeing them play the way that they have. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, I, I know that during several episodes this summer in my summertime, you know, I've questioned the, uh, the validity of Port Adelaide being a contender because they've struggled. And they hadn't played well against any, you know, top eight sides, but they have, uh, um, yeah, they've, they've, they've really bounced back and have, have done well. Um, yeah. And yeah, the fact that, you know, Josh Bruce is not in the, uh, the lineup for the Bulldogs is going to be, is going to be rather interesting. They're going to have to figure out where they're going to get their scoring from somewhere else. And again, this is a professional side. This is a premiership side from just a few years ago. You know, much of that squad has a premiership medal. So that that's, uh, yeah, I don't doubt that they're going to figure that out and figure out where the scoring is going to come from. It may come from Ben Brown. Yeah, you know, Ben Brown may, you know, maybe step into that role that, uh, that they brought him in for. Uh, you know, oh, that's wrong club. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Melbourne right there. Duh. Um, what a brain fart on my part this morning. Um, yeah, it, so the Bulldogs are going to have to figure out where that uh, that scoring is going to come from. But, um, you know, I, I, I think at this point in time, I think I would rather the, the Cats play the Bulldogs right now uh, in the first round. But they may not get that option. Because, again, as I mentioned, if Brisbane wins by a big enough score this week, even if the Bulldogs win, Brisbane's going to be hopping into the top four. And I, you know, and I, I don't think the D's or the cats would be thrilled about playing either one of them, but, uh, of course, you know, you got the double chance there, you know, the cats had the double chance last year. They were the minor premieres and they, uh, you know, they ended up having to, I think they played the first round against Port Adelaide and lost, um, 
I don't remember if they played at the Adelaide Oval or not, but then they, you know, they still made the grand final even after having dropped the, that first game. And I, before the NFL season begins and I, and I've started working on this, I am going to do an episode because uh, I know there's a lot of you who are NFL fans as well, but I'm going to apply the way that the, uh, that the, uh, the AFL does their, um, ranking of the teams in terms of the standings on the ladder, I'm going to apply that to the NFL and look at how the differences would be uh, in the NFL compared to what we actually had. So I'm looking forward to getting that episode uh, done, sitting down and recording that one. But it's a unique way to do it. And I, and I think that it would, you know, it incentivizes teams scoring points, of course, but it also incentivizes teams playing solid defense as well, because you can, you can make, your percentage by preventing the other side from scoring, you know. Because if you look, you know, you look at the cats, uh, their uh, their points allowed is some amongst the lowest in the league. And I don't think I don't I think there might have been one club that gave up fewer points than them. Yeah, as of right now, one club's given up fewer points than them, <clears throat> and that's uh, and that's only a, a nine point difference right there. That's you know, Melbourne's given up. Uh, 1,366 points, and the Cats gave up 1,375 points. So only a nine-point difference between the two right there. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens uh, going into finals. But, uh, you know, I do want to you know, thank Harper for coming on today. You know, we've got, uh, we've got one heck of a, uh, a final week here. As I'd mentioned, eight of the nine games have something to do with uh, – The final eight, again, some of them, you know, minor opportunities. Um, I think it's safe to say that uh, those of you who have been uh, buying the garlic uh, to to stave off the Richmond vampire, um, those of you who've been trying to find it at the stores, I think that Woolies and Coles are going to have a a steady supply of garlic in stock now that uh, it looks like Richmond is going to be out of the finals this year. So your purchasing of your wooden steaks and your garlic and that type of thing has paid off for that, uh, that vampire, if you will, it's kind of a metaphor that I've been using this year. And, and again, I fully expect Richmond to rebound next year. They're going to have a, a much easier schedule. You know, they're going to have an easier draw next year. They're going to have players healthy. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to, I think they'll be back in the top eight next year. Will they win a premiership? I have no idea. But I think they'll they'll make one more run at it, at least before they start to break up the band, if you will. So, ladies and gentlemen, I as I'd mentioned, I uh, um, yeah, I do want to go ahead and uh, and wrap this up. I I do encourage you to check out the website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can leave a review for the show there. You can leave voicemails, which, you know, I can include in episodes, even if they're not live episodes. I'd love to include those and and uh, respond to your questions or any thoughts that you happen to have. Um, you can get on the mailing list there as well. If you want to help out the podcast, you can go to the uh, the Buy Me a Coffee page or the, uh, the Redbubble storefront. Um, that would be a huge help. Remember, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Or you can leave me, like I said, a message on the uh, the website. I check that quite frequently. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Yank on the Footy, at Yank underscore on on Twitter. 
And uh, folks, it's the final round. Uh, some clubs are playing for pride. A lot of players are playing for their jobs for next year. We've begun seeing the handwriting on the wall for players who have been told they're not going to be offered a contract for next year. Um, you know what? I, and I and I, I failed to mention this, and I and I shouldn't have missed this. Um, Zach Smith, the ruck, longtime ruck with uh, the Cats that went up to uh, Gold Coast uh, recently, is also retiring. I, I should have mentioned him earlier. Take care of each other. Look out for one another. Um, give give your friends a call. Okay. Hopefully the lockdown stuff is beginning to lessen up on you a little bit. Um, I know that you know, you've had some uh, some photos of people getting out in public that maybe they shouldn't be getting out in public. Um, saw there was a Richmond Richmond player who's got himself possibly in some hot water as a result of that. But uh, you know we love our clubs. We're allowed to be passionate about them. I wish your club the best of luck this weekend. I hope everybody comes out healthy. And uh, like I said, take care of yourselves. And as always, and Eddie Betts, congratulations on one hell of a career, sir. You are the reason why I close out every episode this way. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you soon. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.